Hello and welcome to episode 46 of Finding My Voice. Uh, once again, I have to double check. Is it episode 46 or am I being silly nilly? <laughs> I am such a professional podcaster, aren't I? Let's see. Yes, it is episode 46 of Finding My Voice. Um, so today I am going to talk about a dream I had. It's kind of transition related. <laughs> it's, it's not really anything substantial. It's just kind of fun dream uh, about my transition, actually. And after that, I'm going to talk about another hot take in the role-playing community kind of thing. So, first of all, my dream. I dreamt that I was at a spa and I was booked for gender reassignment surgery, which is um, the bottom surgery where you... Uh, well, for a trans woman, you'd invert your genitals to match match um, your identity. Not every trans woman or trans man wishes to have uh, that kind of surgery. Uh, however, some do, and those who do tend to be kind of desperate like me, because dysphoria is really life-destroying. Um, I didn't want, mean to make this uh, depressing, but yeah, waiting for that surgery in Sweden takes the better part of a decade, and it's terrible. <laughs> anyway, I had this dream, though, that I could get this surgery at a spa, and I loved it. I was excited, and when it was time, it, there was a lot of preparation involved. Like, I've read about the surgery and the, like, things you need to do. You need to permanently get rid of hair down there, you know, hair that's that's that grows from the places that will be used to make the neo-vagina. Uh, because you don't want hair growing inside of you. So that has to be thoroughly removed. Uh, in the dream, that was like a spa treatment kind of thing. Um, and then I remember in the dream, when it was time for the actual surgery, I remember being sedated in the dream, noticing that I wasn't falling asleep, but I was kind of sedated, didn't quite feel pain, but I could feel things happening. And I, in the in the dream, I felt like this could hurt really bad uh, because maybe like the sedatives only work in certain areas or may, might not work throughout the whole thing. And I will just have to suffer through it. It could be hours of hours of incredibly painful surgery. But in the dream, I wasn't afraid. In the dream, I was still like, it was still like, oh no, this might hurt a lot. But at no point... Had I any desire to to abort the, the the procedure, I was determined to go through with it, no matter how much it might hurt. In fact, I braced myself to not make a noise so they don't think I want to abort it, because I will. I want this, no matter how much it might hurt. And the the dream wasn't unpleasant. It was. It had the, the, the threat of a lot of pain, but the overwhelming feeling of the dream was excitement. Because while I was lying there, um, anticipating horrible pain, I was anticipating the results more. A life without dysphoria. A life where I could just live and don't worry about it. And feel like me, where, the body, where my body matches who I am. And that dream, it was like, waking up sucked, by the way. It really sucked, because like, I felt like, like I went through it now. I want it to be done now. What are you doing, stupid dream? 
But like, it meant something to me that like, well, of course I know that I want this no matter the cost, but to have it articulated in the dream, like, oh my gosh, I am not as sedated as I should be, but I'm still going to go through with this. That's kind of where I am. I'll take any risk. If there's a great chance the surgery could kill me, yep, sure, do it. I'll take it. Where do I sign? Because I'm done. I waited way too long before transitioning, and it's now or, like, just stop, you know? Um, and I'll take any risk, and that sounds harsh and terrible and... And depressing, but to me it isn't. Like if I'm being if I'm gonna be hindered for, for a lot more years, yeah it will be, but right now I feel strong that I'll do anything for this. Anything. And that was positive, even though there were some scary elements of that dream, it was an all around positive dream. Because I was doing it, I was willing, I was strong, I was bracing myself, I was gonna do it. And so, I guess the, the, the what, what I'm getting to is I think regenerative and surgery should be available to do its boss. Well, maybe not, but um, <laughs> it, was a, it was an interesting dream anyway with, uh, with kind of a cool meaning. Alright, over to the role-playing segment of this episode. I'm going to talk about a controversial topic, which is main character syndrome. And much like... Uh, a previous episode where I was talking about the dreaded um, edgelord, which is a type of character or player that just wants to be cool and broody and dark, negative, and, and they're kind of hated in the role-playing community. And, uh, and I said, no, I don't, I don't mind edgy characters as long as they, like any other good character, grows and develops in any direction. But people tend to be angry at the very concept of, of an edgy character. And I think that's displacement. I think if you have a bad, bad experience with a type of character, you tend to focus on the wrong things, the wrong signs. Main character syndrome, as I would define it, is when a role player sees their own character as the main character and the others as just supporting characters or at worst extras. And everyone else's job is to just lift you up. You know, that's, and that is terrible. That's a terrible person to play role-playing games with. Unless, like, this, that's what the story's meant to be, and you've all had a meeting that, yeah, this is how you want to play it. Um, if that hasn't been the case, then no. Playing a main character is terrible, and some people do want this. Some people do want to be in center rotation all the time, and they will be upset if they're not. And there's a, that's a fair thing to be upset about, but I have seen a very troubling kind of trend where people identify aspects of main character syndrome and attack that aspect as much as the whole itself, which to me is bizarre. Well, people say that, well, a, main, a character with main character syndrome is one that focuses a lot on their backstory and their own story arc, and that's where they're going to go in the game. Um, and that's weird. That's, that's just bizarre to me, uh, because to me, that's what role-playing is. <laughs> Like, just focusing on your character's story arc, that's just what people do. That's not main character syndrome, that's person syndrome. And every character should be like a person. The problem isn't that your character or the player focuses on their arcs or their backstories. The problem is when they push other arcs and other backstories down. Um, 
to do to lift their own up. Like, in a way, I think, like, everyone is the main character of their own story, unless, like, you've specifically made someone who's, like, someone's faithful companion or something. But even they can be a main character in some degree. Because every character is their own person, and every person is the center of their own universe, no matter what their kind of idea of of social um, coexistence is like. So I, I think every party member should be like, it should be a party of main characters. Um, so I don't mind you playing your character and focusing on your backstory. You should do that. And your character might even be selfish. You can play a selfish character without being a selfish player. The main main thing is do not steal spotlight from other players. Do not deliberately try to reduce the influence of other players. That's what the problem with main character syndrome is. But people tend to break down what they see as a main character and then attack every aspect of this. I recently saw like an argument where someone literally just playing out their arc was seen as a main character syndrome. And what what people who complain like this, what's their goal here? Do they want a party of people who just don't follow their own hopes and dreams? Do they want a, a group of characters who just just do the task at hand without having their own personality? That sounds incredibly boring. It's kind of like the whole thing with a Mary Sue. The, the idea of a Mary Sue, which is a self-insert in writing. It started at some fanfiction site, I think, where someone wrote fanfiction and wrote themselves into the story. And yeah, it was an obvious self-fulfillment fantasy where their character version of themselves was so loved by everyone, could do anything they wanted, never lost anything, like, like it's just a perfect kind of character. And yeah, that is annoying. <laughs> a self-insert character that's perfect is super annoying. But then people started deconstructing it and saying, well, if your, your character is good at something, then it's a Mary Sue and it's terrible. But no, a character can be good at stuff. What What's, the, like, like the, the people tend to miss... What the problem is in problem characters? A Mary Sue is a problem because it's a self-insert without any flaws, right? A Mary Sue can be a terrible character built out of several wonderful parts. Don't attack the parts. Just like a, like a character in a role-playing game, uh, the, the main character syndrome can be built out of great parts, but as a result, the player is playing it very selfishly and pushing others down. That's the problem with main, main character syndrome. Uh, but just because a character has elements of a main character does not make it a bad character. Uh, it, it can make it just a dynamic and interesting character. And just like the Edgelord, being edgy isn't the problem. Being unchanging, boring, and stagnant is the problem. So here I go saying not main character syndrome is a good thing, <laughs> it is a terrible thing, but just be careful with how you apply it. Don't throw out the baby with the bathwater, because that's a thing a lot of people like to do. Deconstruct something they don't like and then attack everything that has a similar component to every part of that deconstruction, and that's just not, not how anything works. If you want an interesting character driven by a, your intense backstory and and engaging plot hooks. Just do it. And you know what the other thing is? Engage yourself in other characters' plot hooks as well. I think that's how you avoid being a main character syndrome character. You make sure to engage in other people's stuff as well as your own 
Because that's what role-playing should be. You give and take. You, you live your life and you, you, uh, you acknowledge everyone else as well. That's the center. That's the core of role-playing. So, don't diss anyone that remotely sounds like a main character syndrome thing. Just anal uh, like analyze it and see, do I see an actual problem here? Or do I just see a chance at yelling, main character syndrome? <laughs> What's that voice? That was weird. Okay. I realized that now that, I've, now that I laid it out, it's not that much of a hot take. Because <laughs> I do agree that main character syndrome is bad. I just, I just think people are being judged as main characters when they really aren't. Just, you know, make sure to put some thought into stuff like this. And uh, that's it for this episode of Finding My Voice. Thank you for listening and I love you. Goodbye.